Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. Some moments are absolutely surreal. To the best of my recollection, these moments took place in the spring of 2010. Kathy and I were traveling as guests of our best and nearly lifelong friends, Mike and Judy Carmelich, for two very special weeks overseas. We had had an early start on this particular day, as we were looking forward to seeing many of the grand sights of this well-known city. I'll tell you which city shortly. But one of the things we were most looking forward to was meeting up with a really special woman. Actually, one of the most famous women in the entire world. So, at an appointed time in the early afternoon, our taxi driver took us to the location where we would be meeting with her face to face. Kathy and I were all eyes and ears in anticipation as we walked alongside Mike and Judy through the enormous building's great entry and through security onto the first floor. And not soon after, we would enter a large hallway, which would lead us to a larger hallway, which would lead us to the largest space in the entire structure. When we got to that room, we were hand-motioned to move to our right, where the renowned woman was sitting and waiting. When I first saw her, I, I was really taken aback. She was totally recognizable to all of us, but I was so surprised. She was so much smaller than I had imagined. You may have guessed by now just which famous woman we came face to face with on that spring day in 2010. Well, she was the woman who, starting in 1503, very slowly, perhaps sometimes tediously, became the creation of the infamous inventor, engineer, scientist, and master painter Leonardo da Vinci. For over three centuries, his painting known as the Mona Lisa has hung on a wall in the also world-renowned Louvre, the former great palace of French kings and queens, which had been built next to the right bank of the River Seine in Paris, France. Da Vinci's Mona Lisa, a half-length portrait painting, is, quote, considered an archetypal masterpiece of the Italian Renaissance. It has been described as the best-known, the most visited, the most written about, the most sung about, the most parroted work of art in the world. Now, most everyone is familiar with the phrase, larger than life. The phrase means, of a person, attracting special attention because of unusual and flamboyant appearance or behavior. As Kathy and I stood there looking at this famous painting, I'm thinking, probably saying quietly out loud, hmm, so that's it. The painting certainly isn't flamboyant in appearance, and it's way smaller than I thought it would be. It's only 30 inches tall and barely 21 inches wide. I thought it would be, uh, I don't know, five times that. 
But somehow, a small thing from a small beginning ended up becoming larger than life to people all over the world. And dear friend, those thoughts are the lead-in to what I believe God put on my heart for today. It's this. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. I find the book of Zechariah, the second to the last book of the Old Testament, to be very encouraging, very promising. The prophet, Zechariah, was the recipient of night visions from the angel of the Lord, who shared words from God that promised blessings, that foretold the complete deliverance of Jerusalem and ultimately foretold the rulership of Jesus Christ over the entire earth. And these words of promise came to Zechariah during a time of new beginnings. It was at the end of the exile, after King Cyrus of Persia allowed the Hebrews to return home. And then not long after, under the leadership of Zerubbabel, they would begin the reconstruction of the temple, starting with the foundation stones. But there was discouragement at the site of the temple. While the young Hebrews rejoiced, the old Hebrews wept. Compared to Solomon's temple, which the gray-haired among the people still remembered, the beginnings of the new sanctuary seemed so insignificant by comparison to the glory of the former. Their dreams of the kingdom were disappearing in a day of small things. But through Zechariah, God would speak these encouraging words to his children. Here is what he said in chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Then the angel said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it! May God bless it! He continues, Then another message came to me from the angel. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of the temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. And finally, verse 10, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. While the elders of Israel wept over the day of small things, the God of Israel did not. He had and today still has big plans for his people. He is moving forward with his plans even during a day of small things, and he will be faithful to bring a big day. Zechariah's prophecy found its partial fulfillment when Zerubbabel placed the final capstone on the rebuilt temple, chapter 4, verse 7. But total fulfillment came when the true temple showed up in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 2, verse 21 says, When Jesus said he would raise this temple up in three days, he meant his own body. And he did that. And it was a big day, huge. It was a big day preceded by centuries that included small days. Think of this. Every godly character in the Bible, including the young, hardworking carpenter named Jesus, 
Each and every one of them experienced a lifetime that included small days. Small days of developing and maturing, for example. And those small days were not to be despised. Here are a few words from the great English preacher and author Charles Spurgeon of the 1800s. It is a very great folly to despise the day of small things, for it is usually God's way to begin his great works with small things. We see it every day, for the first dawn of light is but feeble, and yet by and by it grows into the full noontide of heat and glory. We know how the early spring comes with its buds of promise, but it takes some time before we get to the beauties of summer or the wealth of autumn. How small is the acorn, but how great is the oak that grows up from it. The stream begins with but a tiny, gentle rivulet, but it flows on till it becomes a brook and then a river, perhaps a mighty Amazon. Spurgeon concludes with this, God begins with men in the day of small things. He began so with us. How little and how feeble were we when we first came upon the scene of action. He that is now a giant was once so feeble that he couldn't move from place to place except as he was carried in his mother's arms. Let us then not despise the day of small things. Let us rejoice in it. Amen, Mr. Spurgeon. It was a day of small beginnings in 1503 that Leonardo da Vinci pulled a small blank poplar wood panel off his workbench and began painting the Mona Lisa. It is said that it took him at least four years to finish creating the mysterious woman, or maybe not, because some think he hadn't quite finished painting her. But we can be certain of this, there must have been many days of changes or of little progress, many days of small things. And there were many days and nights when she sat alone, perched upon an easel in some dark corner, perhaps covered by a small blanket of sorts. I wonder if her master was still considering yet another few strokes with his paintbrush. I wonder, because after da Vinci died in 1519, 16 years after starting her, she was found still waiting in a corner of his studio. Those were the small days. But things would change. In the year 1800, the Mona Lisa would hang on a wall in Napoleon Bonaparte's bedroom in the French royal residence that sits just adjacent to the Louvre. Then, in 1804, she was elevated to an even higher status when she was moved next door to the legendary museum. And it's there where nearly 10 million visitors a year come to see one of the most famous women in the world and to meet her face to face. She is priceless, by the way. Some say that if her painting could be purchased, it would sell for as much as $40 billion. And da Vinci? He had absolutely no idea she would become larger than life and that her small days would turn into big days. And dear friend, small days will not last forever. But for now, they are so important. They are the forerunners of the big days. And please hear this. Your Father in heaven rejoices to see the work that's being done in you. 
because you are already priceless to Him. Hold on to that and rejoice with Him. Rejoice in the day of small things. Why? Because the Master of Masters has His paintbrush in hand and He will finish what He has started in you. And He knows your future. And in that spirit of rejoicing, dear friend, let's continue to stay in kingdom motion. Let's be praying for the big, longing for the big, and working for the big, all the while staying faithfully and contentedly devoted to the small things. Pray for revival, and then do your daily duties. Dream of the knowledge of God's glory flooding the earth, and then bring a taste of that glory to your neighbor next door. Dear Lord Jesus, in my mind's eye right now, I can see you as a young man working outside on a hot summer day many centuries ago with a hammer and perhaps a chisel in hand. I can see you wiping sweat off your brow, sweat that would otherwise burn your eyes. And throughout that long, hot day of labor, you were preparing your heart and your mind for your future. Some things ahead of you would be harrowing, but the big day would be glorious. You were and you are amazing. Dear Holy Spirit, give my friend and me the heart and the mind of Jesus. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.